Blog Talk Radio. Books 
uh, mixer and you want to bring school supplies, you are welcome to. Uh, or you can come out Saturday and bring those school supplies. Uh, but we're really excited about this. So tonight we are going to have some of our vendors, uh, our vendors and sponsors. We're going to come in today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. And we're going to talk that talk about vision and books. And then next Wednesday, we will be back to our regular Let's Chat uh, format. So today is going to be a little different. I'm excited, though, because, you know, when people are vendors, you never really get to speak to them uh, unless you know them. And um, a lot of the vendors I, I was able to speak to, because, you know, most of the time they went on Eventbrite to look up the event. Uh, and they wanted to call back. And so I have really spoken with some awesome people. Y'all know we love everything uh, growth and, and just dopeness. You know, that's what we do. But before mm-hmm. we get into it, because, you know, we hear chit-chatting, and I'm just a going. We're going to open up the show, and we're going to let Miss <laughs> P get it popping. Awesome. Once again, we are back, the ladies of Let's Chat. We so enjoy coming to you guys. And as you can see, Lisa has kicked off the show tremendously with her upcoming event. And even if you're not in the Atlanta area, even if you're in the surrounding area, it is so worth you making that couple of miles trip just to go out and support these authors and get to meet some new authors. You never know who may tickle your fancy. So once again, be sure to check out her Visions and Books event starting this Friday into Saturday. It should be awesome, Leisha. I'm so proud of you. You worked hard on this, girl. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't know. I have done so many things differently. Um, I have just this, this year alone and then end of that last year, I have just stepped into just a whole different kind of space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a whole lot of different things going on. I started my literary agency. Um, God has really blessed me because I have four clients by the end of the day of announcing it, which was awesome. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I still have my, my publishing company. And everybody, I, the thing about me, I always tell authors, always have ownership of something. So if you have a book... And it's nothing wrong with you wanting to get your book shopped to Simon & Schuster or any other publishing company. But you want to leave a breadcrumb of your own. You want to always force people back to something of yours. And so when I originally did my uh, publishing company, it was just for me. It was for me to be able to publish my books. Uh, and it's kind of expanded to other people's books. And so that's probably going to be uh, 2021 where I will do everything for the the publishing company and authors and things of that nature. But I'm just excited. I'm trying to – my vision is so big. I'm trying to make sure that I take my time and that I don't get too excited. I don't stretch myself myself too thin because it's so many different things that I want to do. And I – it's different when you know you can do it. You know, we always say know what you know because you know it. So the things that I'm doing are not things that I thought about that I might be able to do. These are things that I know for sure that I can do uh, and I can do well. And so I'm just really excited. I'm just trying to uh, kind of be 
in control of everything, uh, making sure that uh, it grows properly. Um, but I, I'm really excited. This has been a great year for me so far. Uh, the year has just started. We're just 30 days in. Um, and I'm I'm just really thankful. I'm thankful and I'm grateful. Tonight we have some fabulous authors um, that are going to come in here. Our first author is an uh, author. She is a, a pastor. Uh, she is a doctor. I didn't know she was all of these things. Let me tell you all. When you talk to people, you learn about people. You you learn about people. And it was, she she doing so much, I didn't even know what she had going on. And uh, I, and this is how, you know, things happen where people are placed uh, in your path. I always say your, your lane is built just for you, just for you. You can go as fast as you want. You can go as slow as you want. It doesn't matter. Everything that is in your path, any stop sign, any stoplight, that's a choice. Now, construction it could be delayed sometimes because things have to be done properly. And, and sometimes you have to come across certain people to be able to make certain things happen. You know, that's just mm -hmm. part of the process. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, people are placed. You know, I don't – God blesses you with people. I'm going to say that. He blesses you with people and not necessarily things. He blesses you with people that have the ability to help you do certain things. And um, I have really, I have met like, y'all just don't know, I have met some dynamic people um, and some dynamic things have happened. And so I'm just really excited. So our guest here, she does so much. She's the author of Rescue Me. Uh, this book confronts issues of negative self-talk and finding your purpose. We talk about that all the time. You gotta be mm -hmm. careful about how you speak to yourself. That's you gotta, true. You gotta be careful about how what you allow other people to do to you and say to you. But you gotta be more mindful of what you do and say to yourself. That's true. Because you're giving the validation when you do that, you know. And regardless of how you may feel and how others may see you, you yourself give yourself validation. That's just how I feel. Absolutely, and I believe that the the society the way it is now, everything is a hustle, including affirmations. And we are so, in a world where so much is going on, people need to be affirmed by other people. Nobody uh -huh. can affirm you before you affirm yourself. So if you right. haven't affirmed yourself, if you haven't spoken to your own life, if you haven't um, said those things about yourself to encourage yourself, when other people do it, it's, it's going to be hard for you to receive it. Mhm. Mm but That's you gotta do it for yourself. You know, you have to. You have to be able to speak into yourself because sometimes you might head down a road, you might head down a path, and sometimes that road is lonely at first. You don't have mm -hmm. nobody with you at first. All you have is you. And so, if all you have is you, you have to make sure you're taking care of yourself. And a lot of times, especially as mothers, you know, I think society makes us feel selfish for doing things for ourselves. And self-care is not selfish. If you don't take care of yourself, if you're pouring into everybody else and there is nobody pouring efficiently into you, 
then you're going to give all of your stuff away to everybody else, and you will have nothing. You will have nothing to, to be able to give. So it's very important that you take care of yourself. Uh, and your mind, you have a healthy mind, you have a healthy body, and you have a healthy spirit. Those things are very important. You know, um, I love April Mason, um, and she talked about and she talked about making sure that you're not jeopardizing your own legacy for someone else. Um, we're gonna have a show about that um, later on, probably uh, in, in April or May. Uh, but we're going to have a show about that, and we're going to talk about that a little deeper because she really did a live on that, and it was an awesome topic, and she really hit home on it. And so mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that. That's in the future. Right now we got Miss Sylvia. She's going to come in here and bless us. Um, she is um, a fabulous author, but just, just outside of being an author, the things that she is doing and the 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 way God has positioned her to do some of these things is fabulous. Um, she's a co-pastor, a minister, an education, an educator, philanthropist. She mentors. She she does inspirational speaking. Um, she's been writing over thirty years, um, with thirty years of experience in in leadership, in ministry leadership, and so I think she has a lot to give. You know, we we talked mm-hmm. a lot. I always post on Facebook, and I posted the other day, um, and I'm going to ask her about this. But I posted the other day. Um, have you ever, have you ever felt or experienced your soul crying? Like, have mm. you ever, have you ever experienced your soul cry out? Like, no tear has failed, but it was just a cry. But you felt it, but there was no tear. And it was not uh-huh. a sad. It's not a sad cry, but you know, a lot of times we don't pay attention to those things that happen in the spirit. So I'm excited that we have her on. She is going to talk that talk with us. Ready. Welcome. Good evening, Sylvia. ladies. Good evening, ladies. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes. How are you, Dr. Carter? I'm doing wonderful. It is nice to be with uh, Lisa and Tony. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right. Well, I am excited about being with you all. I'm excited about tonight, but I'm also excited about Saturday. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you guys. Um, you guys are so awesome. Uh, I just want to <laughs> say that. You guys are so very awesome. But you know, here on Let's Tap, we get a little nosy. We okay. Do, we get a little just, nosy. Just a little. Done so much. <laughs> well, I'm just used to that. I work in ministry, so it's, it's a nosy business, so it's okay. <laughs> and we, you've done so much. You've done so much in ministry. You've done so much as an educator. You've done so much as a pastor. What I want to know what was going on when you sat down and decided to write your book. What, what? What caused me to write my book, or uh-huh. what, 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 what was going book? on in your space that um, okay. made you decide to my, write it? My soul, my soul was crying. <laughs> you just talked about the soul crying with no tears, uh-huh. and I was in a place, a dark place, where my soul was crying out for more, because a lot of times, like you said, it's not because 
we're broken, although that is the case a lot of times, we're broken. But there are some times where we have missed what our bodies, our mind, our soul has told us that we need to do. And we put everything else before our own needs. And when I got to this place where I'd gone through some things and coming out of those things, but I just felt like there was more that I could do. There's more that I can say. And at first when I began to write, Tony and Lisa, I I was going to write a self-help book. Everybody in the ministry, you know, we write self-help books all the time. And I was going to do that. I was just going to, you know, come up with some steps to get you out of this place that you may be in. And so my first book that I penned was No Wasted Tears. No Wasted Tears became a novel instead of a self-help book because what I was going to do, I was going to write like little segments of a character's life and then break it down and then let's talk about it and everything. But it, the stories wouldn't quit. It just I kept getting the words, and so I began to write and write. So No Wasted Tears was penned after I got out of that space where I was crying and the tears wouldn't fall. And that's why the book was entitled No Wasted Tears, because a lot of times we think that when we are in a space or in a place where we feel like we're all alone and we feel like, you know, I'm just, I'm tired of crying. Sometimes when you cry, that's when you can get the most out of self because you're draining everything out. There's nothing else to give. Have you ever cried and you just couldn't cry anymore? Mm-hmm. That's where I was. And so I I pinned No Wasted Tears, and it became a story of a young lady by the name of Destiny who had been through an abusive relationship, and she was trying to find her way out of it. And I was like, I love love, love stories, so why can't I just write a Christian love story? And that's what I did. I, I pinned that first book. And after I got out of that place, Maybe two years later, I pinned the next book, and it was Beyond the Tears, because after you get out of your dark place, it's time for you to help somebody else get out of theirs. So you want them to move beyond the place where they're stuck so they can get to the place where they can begin to live their life all over again. And that's when Beyond the Tears came. And then it took me five years before I even did anything with Rescue Me. And a lot of that was due to me working with my nonprofits, doing other ministries and doing other things. But mainly it was because I just couldn't hear what I needed to pin. I, I couldn't, I didn't, I started, and you know when you get to that place where you just can't get your thoughts to put them down mm-hmm. on a piece of paper? I couldn't do that. And so I ended up going to Africa to do some mission work. And while I was in Africa doing this mission work, my eyes, the scales on my eyes were just open. They just were removed. I I felt like I was at home. I I just, I literally fell in love with everything in Kenya while I was there. I fell in love with the children that I met. I fell in love with the women that I met, with the men. I just, I fell in love with just the whole culture that was a part of me that had been denied for years because, you know, when we are in America, we get acclimated to this environment and we forget about what it was like before we even got here. And so it took me going back to the place where we were birthed and where it all started for me 
to sit down and write Rescue Me. And you know what? In a way, I wrote that book for Maxine because Maxine, the character was a heavy set, saved young lady. She loved the Lord, but she did not know how to deal with her weight. She didn't know how to love herself. She she didn't she didn't do the self care. Now we talk about that so much, but a lot of us aren't actually doing it. And when I think about that today for the first time, I just it just dawned on me. Not only was I writing rescue for me for Maxine, but I was writing it for me as well. Because mm-hmm. I needed rescuing. I needed rescuing from all of the things that I had been trapped in, stuck in that place where I couldn't hear the voice of God speaking to me to give me the words to put on the paper. And I know everybody gets their you know, they, they write from a different perspective. But if he doesn't give me the words, I can't put them down. And so I always want to be clear and hear him. And so going there opened that avenue for me. And so that's why I was able to pin those these three books. Now, I have another book in me, and I'm, I'm trying to get that one out, but I, I feel the flow again. I feel alive again. I, I, I feel the want to again. I don't have that, oh, I can do it tomorrow. I have it where, no, I got to put this down. I got to stop. I got to, I wake up in the middle of the night and I want to write it down. So, and I'm sure both of you know what that's like. So it has been a journey for me. Being in ministry is, is, is difficult. Writing from the perspective of sometimes um, a Christian romance novelist, people want to ask me questions about how can you do that? And, you know, they, if, if it's no, you don't, don't get down, get down in it. I don't know if I want to be reading that because I want to, I want a little bit more, but, I believe um, love is not just about the, the, the sensual part and the sexual part is all there, but love is more than just taking me to bed. I mean, we can make love just talking to one another, you know, looking at one another, the way you touch me, the way you smile at me. All of those things are the, the foreplays that lead up to that. So I take them on that journey, but I don't finish it. They have to finish it themselves. Wow, that's powerful, Dr. Carter. This is Tony, and thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing that because I'm sure it has touched someone that's listening somewhere on that journey. And you you, you share with us the why and the purpose and and all of it behind the scenes that it took took you to get to this point. But I want to take you back to Kenya when you went to Kenya and you fell in love with the country, the women, the children. As a result of that, did you see yourself in and of those women, you know, the battles that you were battling inside, were they reflected on those women across the world that you saw and that it kind of encouraged you to, to, to continue your writing? Yes. You know, when I um, – once let me – one of the things that I did while I was there is um, I went to a lot of the high schools. N- number one, um, I, as an educator, I – seen our, our students and, and dealt with our students in our classroom, uh, mm-hmm. the amount of disrespect that we receive here in our classrooms and the things that teachers have to go through. When I was in Africa and I went to these schools, when I tell you I have never been as respected by young ladies before in all of my mm-hmm. life, these are, mm-hmm. these are young girls that I, we took uh, sanitary napkins to. Because they have to stay at home because their cycles come on. 
So they don't go mm-hmm. to school. They miss that opportunity. So when we went, I'm telling you, a pack of just 12 napkins, you would have thought I gave them each a million dollars. They celebrated life, just being Ugh. able to rejoice about the small things. You know how we get so caught up with our hair and the mm-hmm. way we dress, our clothes. You know what? And mm-hmm. I rock my natural. I, I have a natural now. But when I tell you they rock their naturals, I mean, and, and I understand now why they, they cut it as low like the men because they don't have time to worry about how I'm going to style my hair when I've got to worry about where I'm going to get my next meal from. Or mm-hmm. what am I going to do this month? So what I saw in them is a passion and a love beyond the material things, not getting caught up in the way that they look or the way that they act. So many times I, I meet women who are trying to mask or be someone else and not be mm-hmm. themselves. And when I was there, I just I love the fact that they embrace everything about themselves, the hips and the thighs. And I saw so many hippie and large women with the thighs and, and walking but loving themselves. And I saw the brothers looking at them when they were walking away. And we have an issue if we're size 14, 16, or 18. But these women mm-hmm. love everything about their bodies. And they love their children. When I tell you I saw women who would wrap their children in the front because they carried the children in the front of them. In the rain, I saw them in the rain walking to church with no shoes on, with their babies holding their hands, and then the one in their lap. It caused me to say, you know what? It is time out for us to be so concerned about the minute things, the things that don't even matter. And we need to look at the heart of a person. And it just made me realize that we, we're doing a lot here, but there's a whole lot more that we can do. It, they changed my life. I was able to bless 100 women with $10 apiece. For $10, each one of those women were able to start their own business. Some of them wow. bought, a I bought a goat so they could have milk, so they would be able to give milk, sell milk. Some of them bought a chicken that could lay eggs. Some of them could sew and they needed the, the materials, the things that they needed. And I, it just, it, it changed everything about me when I saw that because it let me know that we sometimes are so focused on the wrong things that we're missing the important things. And we miss it when we look at our young girls and we're not embracing them and, and we're thinking that they're not as pretty because their hair is not like the girl down the street's hair or the, 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 this boy is no better because he's not like the boy down the street. I met young men who I could take right now to Morehouse College and probably would, would outshine every man at Morehouse College. That's how respectful they were. And to see them walking with pride and authority and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and whatever you need, it was, it was life-changing. So, yes. My life changed because they changed. They changed it while Mm -hmm. I was there. And you know how Mm -hmm. you hear people all the time say, I feel like I was at home when I got Mm -hmm. to Africa. I felt at home. That's what I felt. When I I was there, I felt at home. So that's one of my missions. Out of with uh, Rescue Me, a portion of all the, and I heard you talk about education and the things that you want to do for the school, but I want to build schools in Africa for Mm -hmm. these 
young children that I met. I'm, I've already halfway completed one, and I did that myself. But my the proceeds from Rescue Me, a portion of those go to um, me helping to build schools there. And so I'm just excited about how it changed my life. One of the things that I saw with you all, I was going through and I was looking at some of your authors. I don't know a lot of the authors. There is one that I have read, and that is Piper. Hughley? Yes. Pre- she loves yes, Piper. Yes. I love her. I absolutely love her. I said, now, Lord, if you could just get me to a place that I can write like she writes and do what she does <laughs> and get me out there like that, because she's won some awards and everything, but I love her books. And when I saw her picture, I said, I know her. I said, I know I can't get the name. And when I saw her name, I was like, I'm so, I'm geek just to see her on Saturday. I really, really am. So I just, I want to, there's so much. And I just, I love what you all are doing. I love your platforms. I love the, when I was reading your bios and the the literary consultant, and then I said, okay, they they can review my book. I need some reviews. I need some stuff out there. So I'm just excited. (laughs) I, I thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Uh, we appreciate you, so and you guys. We gotta have you back on, cause <laughs> the the best part about Let's Pet, this is what we love. Um, and everybody does a spotlight interview, but ours we wanted to do a little bit different. We wanted to because the thing about word of mouth is when you don't really have it uh, outside of your immediate circle, um, the yeah. best thing that draws people into you is your personality and your why. That becomes part of your packaging, uh, your oh, why, your, your the purpose for the things that you're doing. And so that's what we really want to be able to spotlight when we do our spotlight interviews, to be able to spotlight that person's why. But you have so oh, many true. different layers of why. we got to get you back in here because we got we got <laughs> things to talk about. we go going to be my soul cried out. That's going to be the show. I already got okay. it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I would love to we, do that with you all. I would love that. I love this. And the best part about Piper is not only is she a writer, but she's a professor at um, yes. Summit College. And, yes. and uh, she is dynamic. Awesome. Oh, dynamic. Dynamic. I just, I absolutely love her. And I'm a history buff. That 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 was my background. So when I began to read her books, you know, all of them deal with the legislator, all of the things that were going on when um, after the abolitionists and all of the you know the things that went on after that. I was like, I am loving her. I so love her. And I it one I was on the on the internet. That's how sometimes you can just find things. I was just on the internet and I was looking for historical romance novels by black authors and I, I have uh-huh. a few already that are hidden gems that are mine I love. But she was one that I did not know and I downloaded three of her the first ones. I went through all the first ones and then mm-hmm. I said, Okay, I'm in love. So I cannot wait to see her so that I can buy some hardback when I see her on Saturday because she's got to be in my library. I just I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. We That's appreciate awesome. you. We thank you for coming mm, and kicking mm. with us in the chat room. I'm excited for you coming back because we're going to do that My Soul Cried Out show. We're going to have some people lay it out. They're going to be laid All out. Right. They're going to be like, listen. You know, so I'm excited. <laughs> and I'm excited mm-hmm. to meet you on Saturday. I want to thank you for supporting me. Uh, you didn't know me and you didn't have to, but you chose to anyway, and I appreciate that. And hopefully, 
We're, we have the mixer on Sat on Friday evening. You guys are welcome to come. It's going to be at uh, Sweet Georgia's Duke Joint um, okay. downtown in Atlanta from 5 to 8. Just to be able to mix and mingle, um, people are able to bring donations uh, if they're okay. able to attend Saturday. So I know you are busy. And you have your <laughs> yes. days are laid out. So <laughs> if you guys, but I would love to. If I can, I would definitely try my best to be there. I I will. I would love to. Do Absolutely, that. I'm so excited. I appreciate you. Uh, we want you to shout out all of your social media. Shout out all of your okay. books where everyone can get them. Okay, I am on uh, Facebook at Sylvia Carter Unlocked. And I am on Instagram at at Sylvia Carter Unlocked. I am on the internet at www.sylviacarterunlocked.com. I am on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you once again, Dr. Carter, coming by. Thank you. And this is your home. You don't okay. even need an invitation. If you want to come on and just talk about anything, your books, your soul, your crying, your your platform, you are so <laughs> welcome. You just let Thank one you. of us know, and we will make it happen. Thank you. I thought when I came on, I, I thought I heard my cousin, but I was not sure when I heard that, hey, 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 I thought that was Chandon Carter, but maybe I was mistaken <laughs> by that, that voice. Was, was I mistaken? <laughs> no, that was me. That was Lisa. <laughs> that was Lisa? Yes, okay, I always say right. hey, hey, hey. Okay, well, I have a, I have a cousin that does that, and he is known for that, and he is the life of the party. So if you're, you're doing the same thing he's doing, I know that I'm going to love meeting you on Friday or Saturday. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait, and I will see you then. Thank you all so much. God bless. And um, I speak great things over you and all of the things that you desire to do. All those things will come to pass. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good night, ladies. Okay, good good night. night. All right. Oh, that was powerful, Listen, look, T, you see how we always talk about how things happen? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the other day, if you're just tuning in, we want to welcome you back. This is the first show of Let's Chat for 2020. Your girls are back. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us. Uh, we just had the fabulous doctor, uh, author, pastor, minister, Sylvia Carter on. She has blessed us. We're going to have her on again. Uh, and we were talking about uh, your soul crying out. So the other day I had... Uh, I felt my soul cried out, and I, I was like, I wonder if other people have experienced this. So that's when I posted it. Uh, and it just so mm-hmm. happened that she had three books that she writ- she had written because her soul cried out. And so I'm excited to have her back on uh, in uh, March or April. I'm going to see what days we can get her on, and that is going to be the topic mm-hmm. of our show. So I'm really excited about that. We have our next fabulous guest who is also going to be a vendor at Visions and Books 2020 uh, this Saturday here in the Atlanta, Georgia. And it so happened I went to an event. Uh, you know, we had Rodney Perry on our show before. Uh, and I went mm-hmm. to an event to support my cousin. And at first I wasn't going to go to the event. Um, but I was like, no, let me go. 
So I went to the event, and uh, I met some fabulous people there. But Mr. Uh, Perry was there. And he was supposed to do vision and books, but he has another prior engagement, so he wasn't able to. And so out of the blue, he texted me, and he said, you know, I'm, I met a young lady. I was talking to her about your, 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 your event. And I was like, what? I, just was, I felt special because I was like, what? <laughs> Mr. Perry gave me word of mouth. <laughs> That's validation, Leash. Absolutely, and it happened to be Anna Black, who I I met her once. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say a couple of years ago, uh, I met her mm-hmm. once, and I talked to her. Y'all, she is so awesome. Not only is she just mm-hmm. an awesome author, a mom. Listen, she does. She's like mom one on one. She right up there with you, Tony. <laughs> she right up there with you. So we go bring the fabulous Anna Black in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, ladies. Hello, and thank you. And you happy so welcome. day. Excited about your audio release. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm just like, so, when did we meet and where? Because I'm like, I, I meet it, so many I wanna people. I want to say it was either at... Tamika Newhouse's event may have been. It was at an event, but it was I think it was, it was like a couple of years I think ago. I remember, I remember meeting, meeting her, her too. Really? I think it was oh. that first, maybe her first or her second one uh, we went mm-hmm. to. The second one. I remember. <laughs> it was oh, a lot okay. of people there, Anna, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Right. Okay, because I'm like, oh my god, feels like, oh my god, it's like when it's only one you, and then a, a like a like mm-hmm. zillions of readers and public or supporters, you be like, um, yeah, we met, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't remember, but okay. <laughs> no worries, no worries. <laughs> well, welcome now you gotta again. tell Thank everybody you what you've been cooking in your creative kitchen. Um, you know, the I'm I'm working on a book right now called Terminal Bliss, and I was trying to get that book out by Valentine's Day, but sadly it's not going to happen. But hopefully I'll get it done before February. Uh, it's just there's so much other stuff that I have to do, and it's like I'm relaunching some books um, through Urban. I'm sure y'all are probably aware, now you want to come back. My baby, my first first born published novel is coming back um uh next month march thirty first so and then we got part two coming back in September, so I've really been trying to kind of we did a lot of rewrites brand new editing and things like that, so that's what I was working on to try to get those things done, but my latest is. My series, Shy Town Bosses and the Women Who Love Them, and I also did a um, story in the Thug Love Anthology box set. So those are my are my latest works. The Thug Love box set came out December first. So if y'all want to check me out with that, it's not only me; it's twelve other amazing authors under cohort signatures, and it's some bangers in there. So. That is my latest, and my story in there is uh, falling for a Houston hustler. 
I'm like, oh, my God, I got so many titles. I, I, I was <laughs> lost, but that is my latest. And right now I'm just working on this book called Terminal Bliss, so hopefully I get it out in the month of February. If not, I'll wait. You know, I'm not going to put out no junk, so I just let it flow. Now I want to go back. I want to go back to the first time you decide to sit down and write with write your book. Now everybody has a go moment, um, and and when I say go moment, it's always a thought first, and it's like eh, I don't know. And then it's another thought, and it's like mm, I don't know. Then like somebody might say something, and you're like, mm, yeah, I thought about it. But then at some point in time, it's always that moment where there's go, uh, and you decide to just do it. I want to go to that do it moment when you first decided to step into the literary world, what was that like for you? And what what was your why behind your first book? My first book, and uh, trust me, I'm not one of those people that can sit on, sit on an interview and say, I've been writing all my life, and I started writing when I was four. <laughs> that, that's not the case for me. I didn't, it's not, it's, it's totally not. I, um I always wanted to be a journalist. I know I wanted to report, you know, the news, but I never wanted to create stories. And I wrote my first book at the age of 28. And at that time, me and my first husband, we were going through a separation, and I was going through a painful, painful divorce, and I was depressed. I mean, I was sad. I was so unhappy. And and it started out just with me journaling, my feelings, the journal, and my thoughts. And at the same time, I am a, and I'm an avid reader. So I read a lot of books. I read a lot of books. So I'm like, you know what? I just need a happy ending. I just need something with a happy ending. So that's when I wrote my first book. I wrote, wrote Now You Want to Come Back. Um, it's like this woman going through a, a, going through with a horrible man. Then she finds a silver lining and that made me feel good because it, like, helped me. It's like therapy. And and after I wrote that book, you know, of course, who am I to share this book with? Mm, nobody. So I just, like, emailed it to my friends. So my my girlfriends was like, girl, I didn't spend uh, uh, two hours at work reading this book, or I didn't use up a thousand sheets of copy paper printing out this book. So I was like, oh, okay, so... They're liking it. So I had another idea. Before I actually even published or even thought about publishing books, I had already written five books. And I wasn't even thinking about publishing. It was just book writing was my therapy. It was just like my release or whatever. I didn't even see myself as being a, a writer or creative as I am, as I know I am now. But back then I didn't even I didn't even see it. I love it. I love it. So you you published your first book, um, and then it was just on from there. What was that process like for you? It was sad. (laughs) I'm going to be so honest. Because we we just, I don't know if you were listening to the interview, but, uh, and I did touch a little bit on it, but we talked about um, your soul crying out. And you, you mentioned that you were going through so much, and that was your healing process. Um, what was that process like for you with the writing? With the writing, it was great because there was a release. Like, with the writing part, 
That was great because it was like I would get on my, back then, you know, I had that compact Passario, you know, the desktop with the big old back on the screen, you know. Back then it was, you know, it was, you know, straight old school. So just banging out them words helped me. But when it came down to publishing, that's when it got sad because I finally let my friends and, and family members hype me up to seek publishing. So, and I had no, when I say clueless, I was so ignorant to publishing to like, I didn't even know where to start, where to begin. And I remember I I was living in Colleen, Texas when I decided that I was going to do this publishing thing. And I remember when I, I found out that Elin Harris was coming to Austin for a book signing at a bookstore. So I'm like, Oh my God, this is my chance. Because back then, you you thinking like you gotta know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. So I'm like, I'm just gonna get there. I'm gonna get Elin my book. He's gonna take it, and I'm gonna blow up. Womp womp womp. That's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after that rude awakening, when Elin was like, I cannot take your manuscript, but good luck. Basically, is what he wow. told me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where it went. And I'm not trying to talk bad because I, I love him I support him but as an mm-hmm. author now I can see where he was coming from because he's not a publisher he's not an agent he can't do that like I can't just take your book and mm-hmm. um and I remember he gave me the uh the little poster board for his book that was out it was uh anyway the wind blows I think at that time but he gave me that and he told me he was like uh if you email me I can just give you some guidance on how to get your stuff out there so he just didn't give me the finger, so I want to clarify that. Um, and I went online. I started researching stuff. I started researching stuff because when I did reach out to Elon, he gave me very little to go on. It's basically like you got to do the footwork, sis. So I, I, I sought out, like, self-publishing and things like that, and I came across this company called DeNovo. DeNovo was like, we'll publish a book for five $500, and we'll get you this, get you that, da 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 So I'm like, okay, this is my foot in the door. So I went ahead and did, went that route, and I put, my book came out September of 2008, and my book was done by December of 2008 because a little company went out of business. And, all the, and I was promoting it hard, y'all, you hear me? I was telling everybody, everybody, everybody to go get this book. <laughs> <laughs> right, go to this website. Yeah, get this book. We call that we call that book grind. That's that book grind. That's that old school. Mm-hmm, yes. Because back then you didn't have what we have now, so you was really grinding. Really grinding. <laughs> I mean, anybody that will listen to me, I was telling them about these books. So I know I had some pre-orders or orders, but I never got paid for whatever books. And I know people order books. I ordered twenty myself, <laughs> you know, to get the family mm-hmm. members or whatever. But when they went out of business, I never heard from them again or whatever. And I'm like, oh, God. Okay, here mm-hmm. we go. I'm back for one. So then I end up going with Arthur House, which is cool. But it's like, it's false. They tell you all these things about your book of be in mortar buildings, which is not true. It's like a bunch of stuff. You still you pay for something, but you get nothing. And wow. then I met Tamika Newhouse. When I met Tamika Newhouse, this mm-hmm. is ground zero. She was just starting her publishing house, and, you know, we talked. She was in San Antonio at the time, and I was like, okay, you know, let me go ahead and try her. And I'm not going to lie, we did the damn thing. 
back then. But if anybody knows the history of me and Delphine with Tamika, things later on went really bad. So, mm-hmm. but the, the process of publishing was very, very hard in the beginning, and and I guess it's because I I, I started out back in 2008 when we didn't have all this good stuff that we have now in 2020. So mm-hmm. the pu- publishing part was a hard process for me. Absolutely. Wow. Now, being uh, a new author, walking into the publishing world, um, you you learned a lot. You experienced a lot. And mm-hmm. if you could drop five jewels on an up-and-coming author or an author that is new to the game or even reinventing uh, because as an author, you are always rebranding yourself, reinventing yourself, representing yourself. Uh, what are five jewels you would drop on them? First of all, don't just throw your stuff up on Amazon because you can. It takes a lot to produce a book, and people don't realize the production side of putting out a book. You have to – it's editing – the editing process is the most important because you can have a great story, but you shoot yourself in the foot if you put this story out that has poor editing. When people, you know, have to try to figure out what you meant by what you were trying to say or so many errors here and there, that's going to be not enjoyable for a reader. So Mm -hmm. editing is, is, is very I mean, that's the top of my list, editing. You get your book edited by the best that your money can afford, (laughs) but just don't let your English teacher from third grade do it. It's not going to (laughs) work. And don't think because you're an editor you can edit your own stuff. It does not work like that because your eyes don't see the same thing that someone else will see. The next thing is before you go into a contract, make sure you understand what you're signing. I mean, I don't care if you got to ask 30 questions. If they got to go through a line by line with you with your contract so you can understand, make sure you're understanding the terms of your contract because you don't want to be stuck where you, you know, like say for instance, give an example, you sign a contract for five books in like a, a eight-year term for one company and you're stuck with them. And just say that a major house comes along and say, oh, Somebody from this this house read your book and we want to sign you. You can't do nothing. You're stuck. You are stuck. Mm. Like, well, I'll talk mm-hmm. to you in seven years. So you don't want that to be the case. Um, mm-hmm. Next thing, if books don't sell themselves. If you're a person that's shy, you don't, I don't do social media and things <laughs> like that, your books are not going to sell because I hear that all the time. Your books will not sell. They not, they're, they're just going to sit there and collect dust. My fourth thing is have realistic expectations. People don't know you. You have to establish a fan base. You have to establish readers. You have to establish followers. It's not going to happen overnight because I hear people all the time that as soon as they find out that I write books, oh, girl, my story, oh, my God, you told my story, it'll be a bestseller. No, boo-boo. There's nothing new under the sun. Your story story ain't going to be no more unique than the last person or the last person. So Mm -hmm. just have realistic expectations about it. And my last thing is don't sell yourself short. 
because I remember when I first came to the game, I had that poor man's mentality. Oh, I just want people to read my stuff. I'm just, I'm just dedicated to the craft. No, I put too much in it. So I want to make money doing this because this is my job. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, don't be meek about it. If you, if you write a seventy thousand word story and you paying for editing, you got a nice cover, you're doing all this promo, promotion and things like that. You need to weep what you put out, what you sow. So don't have that humble pie mentality. You got to be hungry in this industry because mm-hmm. everybody named Mama got a book. Everybody named Mama got a book. So you got to find that 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 lane that you can be in to make sure your book is just as successful. Mm, that was a great, great jewel. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, I want you to just tell us a little bit about what we can expect from your pen, because your pen is rebranded. Your pen is coming out the gate in a in a different form. What what are you bringing to the industry um, that you feel and a four point is going to bring for readers to be able to experience? Because reading is an experience. Um, it, it's just an experience to be able to get into an author's mind and how how their thoughts and and how they weave certain things. Um, it's exciting, you know. We're we're bougie here. We we are very book bougie. We didn't <laughs> never claim that at first. We mm-hmm. didn't claim it at first. We didn't. Um, but we are book bougie, and so we love to hear the passion behind the author's why. Uh, we love to hear the passion uh, behind their pen. So tell us some. What can we expect from your pen picking up an Anna Black book? You can expect healing, forgiving, change, and growth. A lot of my characters in my books they start out kind of jacked up, <laughs> but then they figure it mm-hmm. out. Um, mm-hmm. I try to write books that are relatable to real life circumstances. I I. I'm a romance author by heart. That's why I started. That's my true genre, romance. Um, I have ventured out a little bit into erotica. Um, I have ventured out into a little of urban fiction. And um, right now I'm really trying to venture out to suspense. I want to do some suspense, criminal-minded things. Um, But I can't even point pinpoint anything to expect because it's honestly I know I write the book but my characters literally tell me what to write (laughs) it's like when I come up with this story or when I create these characters I just let them take the wheel I do so sometimes I'd be like "Uh uh-uh you're not gonna do that (laughs) you know I, I literally have conversations with my characters and I'm not crazy but I let I just let the creative side of me, just let them tell me their story or let them tell me what they want to manifest in the story. So mm-hmm. I do try to um, definitely always give some type of lesson, whether it's a lesson in love, a lesson in friendship, a lesson in relationships, or I try to give you some type of lesson in the end. Um, that's it. I just try to make 
I, you know, I get a lot of feedback from people like I knew somebody that went through that or it sound like me or um, my my so-and-so went through something like that. So that's what I try to do. I try to create something realistic and um, relatable as possible when I do write books. But a lot of times my characters, they pretty much got control of the story. I'm just, uh, I'm just typing it up for them. <laughs> That's interesting that you should say that, Anna. I know, right? This is Tony, Anna, and I wanted to go back in my library because when you had dropped that title, now you want to come back, it kind of like raised my antenna, and I actually have six books of yours in my library, and I want to say that, and I haven't, you know, Leisha and I, we do so much between the radio, I'm an editor, I work full time, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, so our pleasure reading has kind of been pushed to the wayside. Now, if I was to pick up a new Anna Black book, will I still see, because, you know, as readers, we do see the growth of authors, those that we have have followed in their journey. We do see the growth in authors. Now, if I was to pick up a new book, not even if, but when I pick up a new Anna Black book, will I see and experience the growth that Anna has has gone through? Like we said, that four panel. 4.0 4.0 and a black. You definitely will. You definitely will mm-hmm. because when I when I and I and I don't what I don't like to do I don't like to uh, sling mud. I'm not. That's just yeah. not me. But when I say right. something, I'm just speaking truth, not slinging mm-hmm. mud. My first experience being out as a published author or being in the world or being seen as an author because now you want to come back as the book that put me on the map. And mm-hmm. I'm saying that to say this, I did seven books with Delphine Publications before I went out on my own or before I started to do things with different companies and things like that. But right. the whole time that I was with Delphine, I was writing my books all in third person all third third person all the time. And mm-hmm. the editing process was so different that the editor was so poor is what I want to say that I had a reader to actually come to me who does editing and told me your book is Mm -hmm. all over the place. It's too much head hopping. And this was Mm -hmm. like back in 2012. I'm like head hopping. I ain't never heard this term before. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm new at this, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm like head hopping. What do you mean? My books have been edited because when I say my books have been edited, I used to pay, for editing, and mm-hmm. when I say I pay for editing, because the contract that I was supposed to be under, whew, Lord, I don't want to talk about that. Well, I paid for my own editing, my own covers, and things like that, and I was supposed to be getting a higher percentage of my pay for my book sales. We'll but say it was part of the contract. I'm sorry. I said we'll say it was just part of your contract. Yeah, it's part of my contract. Yeah, so I'm like I didn't spend hundreds of dollars on editing like what are you talking about so it took this one reader and she is actually still my editor to this day she just mm-hmm. like sent me like a, a 10 page email showing me so many examples of things that had gone wrong in my book and I'm sitting up there like oh my god oh my god mm-hmm. so when I started you know she sent me a lot of links 
this is how helpful this person was to me, and this is how God put somebody in your life that you need. She sent me all these links that I read about, about grammar and about point of views and things like that, because these are things that I was ignorant to, but I was paying for editors that did not do this. And so when I started learning how to write the proper way, <laughs> that's why I had to do so many rewrites on the books that I finally had got back from Delphine, because they were just all wrong. So when you read a book today versus you read a mm-hmm. book that I came out with years ago, you'll see that I'm more polished. I'm more, um, not even say a better writer because I'm still on the same creative level, but I'm definitely more polished, definitely more mm-hmm. polished. Absolutely. And then, too, like now, I, I really wasn't an urban literature writer. I didn't write urban literature. So I dabble a little bit because I'm under cold heart. And that's what they deliver. But Cole still allows me to let my romance uh, baseline be in my books. So that's how I get away mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> like, because wow. I don't know nothing about keys and rocks and stuff like that. But I, I got some, I done written about some hoodlums, but I don't touch that side of the story. I touch the side with their family, their spouses, or their relationship with their family. So. Mm-hmm. I, I have made it work. You work around it, absolutely. That's, that's you know, awesome. I want to go that back to what you said, because we say this all the time. you got to know what kind of uh, editors you have. I always say Tony is a hardcore editor. That's my editor with a red pen. Anything I do, <laughs> I send it to Miss Tony. Uh, I, I don't even go to any other editor because I know her pen, and I trust her eye, and I trust her pen. And that's the, actually the relationship you should have with your editor. It should be that you trust their pen, you trust their eye, and you know that if they tell you what it is, that's what it is. I don't have to question it. I don't have to guess about it. And a lot of times when you have uh, editors and you're not quite sure what kind of editor they are, then that happens when we get we get books. And it's like, well, what happened? It may not have been, you know, an editor that – edits for development. You know, as a I think as a new author you need to make sure you have absolutely have an editor that can edit for development because your pen has to grow. That person has to be able to grow your pen. They gotta be able to show you who, what, when, where and why. So that whatever mistake you make in on right now, you're not gonna make it again because you know how to maneuver and move around. So I'm glad that you had that editor to come into your life. And, and be able to give you what you needed to help grow your pen mm-hmm. into what it is now. Absolutely. And I can thank the the, the staff, too, also with Urban. When I first got my first, con- my first um, publishing deal with a mainstream company with Urban, um, my agent is enticed, so shout out to her. She's, that's my heart. That's my girl. Um one thing I liked about their editing process, they have someone just to read it and give you all the feedback first. So they give you back your, your book with the notations that they make, and then they send you a letter to tell you their experience with the book and what they think should and should not. So that helps, too, because I'm like, mm-hmm. cause a lot of stuff you don't think about. You, you're just thinking about getting the story out. And when someone tells you what I think that – you left questions with this character, like this character was here, then boom, they just vanished. So you're like, oh, 
I just I did do that. <laughs> so, or then when you have an editor that I like to kind of work with one or two editors only because they know my voice, they know my style, and a lot of times when they go in to edit my pieces, they can even if it's a a, a messed up sentence, they know me, so they know what I meant, so they fix it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. It, 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 it's it's like trying on a shoes, I guess. When you find the, the perfect pair for you, you have to try to stick with it because y'all, you know, you do great things together. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's so true, you know. And 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 me as an editor, you know, my job is to polish, like you say, polish my clients' words, and and you build that relationship. That's one of the most powerful relationships in literary is the author and an editor because they go yes. hand in hand. When you shine, we all shine, and we want the best for you, and we also want to keep your voice in that story. You know, that's not my story. That's your story. My job is to to take it to the highest level. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So if you could, I'm going to ask you a question. If you could write an anthology and you could have four authors in it, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Hey, um, definitely Brenda Jackson. I love Brenda Jackson. Brenda mm-hmm. Jackson is my favorite. Brenda Jackson is the reason why I fell in love with romance. I mean, I've been reading Brenda Jackson for decades, so it would definitely be Brenda Jackson because I love her stories. She is the one that taught me to write about successful black people. I mean, like, she, you know, it's like you read so many books where um, we don't, of course you have rich thug type dudes that's doing street stuff. But, and I can't say that there's not a whole bunch of other books out there that don't offer the same thing, but I learned that from Brenda Jackson. She, um, she would be one. Um... My my girl Nakia Lashaw, she is a good author friend of mine. We are tight, <laughs> so uh, and we have done a couple things together uh, for an anthology before. So I would definitely choose her. Um, Beverly uh, Jenkins because she write historic uh, love stories that I mm-hmm. enjoy. Um. Let's see. Uh, what is this girl name? Delaney Diamond. Oh, oh, oh! I'm a I'm a Delaney mm-hmm. Diamond fan, so I will mm-hmm. write. I will want her in there because I I've, I've read all of her books. And then my last would be my girl Alexandra House. Um, I heard her books are good. Oh my God. Alexandria House is a a beast on that pen. You hit me. <laughs> I can't say that I have loved every single book that she has written, but mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm a um, Alexandria House fan. Mm. Wow. And it's funny that you got- said that because I always, you know, everything you write is not going to hit. And a lot of authors, I think, sometimes get frustrated um, because something is not hitting. And I have a favorite author, Cash, and uh, 
he wrote a book that I didn't really, uh, I didn't like it too much. And so when I told him, now he tells everybody, yeah, I'm her favorite author, but she she don't like everything I write. But but that's okay. You know what I'm saying? It's okay because you still can enjoy that author. So I'm glad that you said that because it's still your favorite author, even though there may have been some things that she had written that may didn't resonate with you at that point in time, right? Right, and it's like it's even with your favorite actor or actress, like I'm a Denzel chick or I like Will Smith, but every single movie that they put out I might not enjoy. You know, so that's what anything, you're not, every, I'm a Jill Scott fan or even like even when you have music, like every CD ain't going to be just hidden as that one. So, and it's okay. It's okay. And sometimes we, even as, oh, my God, I remember back in the day, oh, my God, bad reviews used to just turn my stomach. <laughs> turn my stomach, you hear me? But over the years, as I grew or I started to look at the difference between personal attack or critique. Now, Mm -hmm. when someone's critiquing and they have valid points and they don't give my book a good review, I take their critiques into consideration. Some things I'm like, yeah, well, whatever, that ain't going to (laughs) change. But some things I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a valid point because I can – tell a difference between a personal review that's attacking me versus somebody's really giving me constructive criticism about a piece that I've written. So I just take it, the ones that I know that are, like, just bashing me for the sake of bashing, because I'm like, I have one chick, I promise you guys, five, five, one, two, three, four, five. Not one, two, but one, two, three, four, five. Read five of my books. Five and rated all of them bad. I'm like, you should have stopped at two. Book Wait. one should have told wow. you that you're not an Anna Black fan. Book two should have definitely confirmed it. If you go to three, four, and five, that means you like me, but you don't like. I mean, you like my books, but you don't like me. Mm-hmm. That's a message right, right there. You read it. Like even Look, you, read, you, you, you read it, and that's the mm-hmm. thing about that because. You know, you have, especially, I remember I used to always say, um, I'm not a reader. I used to say that. And that's because I never read a book that the author's pen captured me. Because that pen has to capture you for you to be drawn in. So if she read one, two, three, four, and five books, she she likes you as an author, but they didn't resonate with her, but maybe it was the genre. You know, I mean, I give I you. A, I'm an avid did reader. You I give you two. Did you reach out to her after you gave her the first two? No, books? no, no. I just let her just. No, I'm talking about like, her. After the first two books, if if I'm feeling like oh, I ain't like that, I'm I'm gonna say, well, you know, I read these books. I'm gonna reach out to the author because sometimes. But reach out to me for what? I can't rewrite my book. It's like just stop downloading my stuff. If you. <laughs> I'm not an Anna Black fan. <laughs> Don't download my stuff. And it's not, I'd rather you pass on me than to keep going with me and keep giving me all this negative feedback. It's like we already determined after book two. I Because I give an author two times. Because that first book could be a hit or miss. I'll right. tell you again. 
but I'm not going to give you a third, fourth, and fifth chance Amen. if you're doing that. That means you just you looking to to like go ahead and go in on me. It's like now mm-hmm. it's personal. You trying to? I, I I just don't understand that. It's like just don't download my stuff. I I I I can't comprehend why you keep reading more of my books if you know that I'm not the author for you. We don't mesh well, so don't do it mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, now at that time was there. Um, was there all the same genre, or, or ha- did you have other books out oh, that maybe you had no, read? All, and was all, like, oh, all the same I was trying genre. to help her out. Look, I was trying to help yeah, her out. Yeah, it's just like, but don't, just like, don't click on my name. Romance, right. Maybe she read the romance and then got this one. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. No, yeah, that's just, crazy. It, it is crazy. And if you, I'm telling you, it's and it's one reviewer that I, I one of my books, I can't. Bailey and Bash. I had um, my book Bailey and Bash. She wrote a review, and, I, and what I do is, I'm just gonna be honest with y'all, guys. With y'all, when I see someone that gives me a negative review, I just go to their page and just kind of see how they grade other books, like see what they're saying mm-hmm. about other books, so I can just mm-hmm. like try to see potentially what type of reader this is because. I'm I'm trying to figure out like whether it was my genre that you wasn't mm-hmm. feeling, or like so this one particular young lady, I go on her page, and she's almost saying the same thing about every book that she's read. So this time, which I normally never do, I had to comment on the review that she left me, because she's and my review was kind of nasty from her. She was like. We can do better. We ain't got to be da-da-da-da. No, what you need to do is pick a different genre because you're saying the same exact thing about every book that you're reading. That means that you're clicking on the wrong type of books. If you got me and 20 different authors disappointing you with the same type of book, that means you're reading the wrong type of books. These books are not for you. So we don't need to change what we write. You just need to go find another genre to read or another style of writing to read because mm-hmm. you're picking on the same type of books and giving the same type mm-hmm. of books the same type of review, and that's not fair. That's right. Not at all. Not at wow. all. You're that's a waste of time, money, energy. <laughs> you can't get that back. <laughs> you cannot. Now, I have a question, though. When you are picking... Um, your titles, and when you are picking uh, the direction you're going to go through, go through for your books, what is that process like? Because you got my best friend and my man. I got some questions, Miss Anna, about about <laughs> um, the same Miss Anna. <laughs> well, what what was going on that you pinned this? Was it was it because you know, where you a lot of times you got authors, you get those friends that call you and say. Chapter uh, three, page uh, eighty-five. That that was the conversation we had last week. You be telling people, see, Miss Anna. I, you know what, yeah, that yeah, title. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna be honest with that title. That title was a whim because that book was originally called Luck of the Draw. Luck of the Draw came was my second release. It released mm-hmm. under Delphine Publications. 
And it's no secret, I did an open letter on Facebook so everybody knows I had a lot of conflict with Tamika Newhouse and Delphine Publications. It was a battle to get the rights to my books, books back. And at the time, she had taken two of my books down only, and it was, now you want to come back and luck of the draw. Amazon would not allow me to put, now you want to come back and luck of the draw back up because this sister refused to give me a letter to submit to Amazon saying that the rights were reverted back to me. I went months and months and months and months and months with my part one of now you want to come back, not not available. Part two and th- or three was, but part one wasn't because she took it down. Uh, Luck of the Draw was no longer available because she took it down. But I cannot republish these books because she would not give me a letter to present to Amazon that the rights were reverted back to me. So when they put a block on now you want to come back first, they wouldn't let me put it back up. And I was like, I really want now you want to come back to come back up because people are not going to read part two and three if there's no part one. Because people have to understand, no matter how long ago the book came out, the book is always new to a new reader who has not read right. it. It's a mm-hmm. hundred readers that have not heard of Now You Want to Come Back. So it came out in 2008, yes, but it's a new book to them. So I didn't want to change the name to Now You Want to Come Back because it's a three-part series. But Luck of the Draw was a standalone. So the only way I can get that book back live, I had to change the, the title. So I changed it to My Best Friend and My Man because that's what the story based on. But I put a little clause on Amazon to let you know this is a re-released book. If you previously read Luck of the Draw, this is the same story. So people won't, because I was get before I put that clause up there, I was getting some negative feedback. So now I read this book already, although I did not change a word of the description. The synopsis stayed exactly the same, but I got some people kind of cussing me out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because they thought that I was trying to put a pull a bait and switch, and that wasn't the case. It's just that I had to change the title in order to make it live again. But now you oh, want to come okay. back was always down part one, and finally Amazon let me put it back up. But when they let me put it back up, they took it right back down. They realized it was the same book that was from Delphine because I did not have that reverse of rights book. I mean, letter to present to them. Mm-hmm. Wow! So that cover, that that book wasn't supposed to be named that. It was initially luck of the draw, but my best friend and my man was the best I can come up come up with based on the storyline. But it was good because based on the storyline, I'm like, I got I got some questions, Miss Anna. Now, Miss um, um, Kendi and her mm-hmm. best friend. Now they was tight. So when you decided to talk about friendship and the lessons that people learn in friendship and loyalty, um, what was that process like writing that and putting those twists and turns in it? Because that's what you do. You you go to your, your best friend when you need that support. That book was actually a, a dream I had. Nothing personal never happened. And the the story just kept evolving. I just, you know, the dream I had was just about a a sexy model type best friend who was doing her average 
criticize Fran wrong. <laughs> so that that was the premise of the book, and it just sitting down to think about how the story would go. I never know the complete story in the beginning when I write books. I just kind of know what I want the book to be about and how I want it to end. All the fillers and everything like that just comes along as I write and as the characters speak to me. Like, what I'm trying to say is, like, some authors, before they write a book, they do a complete outline. They write all this stuff down for how they want the book to start peak in and things like that. I don't do that because I used to do that because I learned it in a workshop before I actually um, got into writing, writing. But mm-hmm. every single time I do that, my it never ends or never goes the way I outline it. So I just scratch the outline. It don't work for me. I got to write as the book goes. I got to write as, because a new day you have a new feeling like I write to according to my mood. Like if I'm feeling happy and upbeat, it reflects in what I'm writing. If I'm sad and melancholy, it reflects in what I'm writing. So I don't do outlines anymore. I just let my books develop as I go. So I don't have like a technique or a process. I just have an idea and I know how I want it to end. And the only thing that I may do, and it's only because if I have a, ton of characters, but usually my books are based on four or less characters. I don't write about a whole lot of characters. I only make character profiles when there's a lot of people involved. Like my last series, Shottown Bosses, it was eight, nine main characters, so I had to keep up with them. But I usually just, if I know what I want, I just write it. I don't do a plan or structure it. I just let the story develop as I write it or as the characters Presented to me. That's all I do. Well, Tyler, do you have any rituals? Show your dreams. Every time you have a good dream, <laughs> I just want you to jot that down, send that on over, because we love, we love, we we love reading snacks. <laughs> and your dreams is your whole snack. So you know, next mm-hmm. time, you just jot that, jot that bad boy right on down, and send it right on over, and I'll read it for you. <laughs> I do. I keep uh, in my nightstand. I have a pen and pad because I wake up and I just have to write it down real quick. Because if I don't, I'll forget it. But I have. I, I do. I, um, my most of my inspiration just come from dreams or music. I'm a music buff, and I'm nosy too. I can be out. I'm eavesdropping. I ain't gonna lie. If you sitting a couple <laughs> tables from me, you talking loud enough. You talk about your business. If it's something I think that's interesting. <laughs> I'm going to pull out my phone, and I'm going to type a few things on my notepad, like, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I'll go home and, and develop a story of something I heard or one of my characters in the book going to have that scene in it. Like, um, my last uh, series with Gemma and Royal, the mm-hmm. missing condom scene, or the, the plot of that ending of how they fell off and broke up, that came from <laughs> something else that I heard from somebody else. <laughs> but I used it. Listen, I'm not going to let her use it. I'm going to tell y'all. And it works. She's telling y'all business. Uh, yes, Susie, <laughs> chapter 5, page 85, that is your business. You told her about that three months ago. She she overheard it. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's in the book. <laughs> it's in the I'm book. trying to do it to close friends, though, because I know they're going to figure it out. 
But I'm if I'm at a restaurant, airport, wherever I'm at, I overhear people talking. When they on the phone, I'm listening in. I'm when they chatting with that girl, I'm listening in. If I'm in the bath, you know how women be. They be in the bathroom, have stuff on speaker, just be talking. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, I'm listening. That's how I know my stuff is relatable because I know it happened to somebody else. <laughs> this really happened. Listen. Wow. <laughs> Next time, I just I just want to be the fly on the wall when you create. I love I love creativeness. I love an author's creative side. I love to be able to experience that. So the way you put them together, I I'd love it. Over the years, I learned that about myself. I had an, another interview last week, Thursday. I had a podcast, and one of the questions he asked me, what have I learned about myself since the first day I published the book? And I, my answer to that was I learned that I am truly gifted and creative. When I first started this, it started as a hobby. I didn't know how my books would do. I didn't know if people would like my stuff or hate my stuff, I was just I was just writing for an outlet, and then all of a sudden, now you want to come back, just blew up so big. So I was like, oh, my God, this is really happening. This is really happening because when I wrote that book, I can tell you all the truth, I wrote it as a standalone. It was a standalone. Mm-hmm. It was never meant to be a three-part series. I wasn't even – I was so ignorant to the writing game that I didn't even know how to begin to even write a series. I never – Wanted to write a series, but I got so much positive feedback from that book. And that book literally stayed number one for almost 21 consecutive weeks on Amazon. Wow. And, and yes, in, in 2009, I'm, no, I'm sorry, in 2010, when Amazon first started doing the 99-cent thing, that's why I say, mm-hmm. now you want to come back, get me on the map, because it's like in a month I was getting six and seven downloads of this book. And that's how I gained my fans. Seriously, with this book, I had already had three books out. And now you want to come back, luckily, John, who do I run to? But now you want to come back, had so many reads to like, okay, I was starting getting emails. I'm like, okay, maybe I am going to be a little famous one day. So I get emails. <laughs> but people ask me, what's going on with Lady with Rashawn? I want to know more about it. And I'm like, I don't know how to write a sequel. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know how to start it. I didn't even know what to talk about because I thought that I did everything in part one. But through some praying and a little meditating, God gave me a storyline and it worked. And then I'm like, okay, they're good. Then they wanted more. I'm like, oh my god, can't be serious. I can't write a three, <laughs> a three. <laughs> so yeah, it is. that's what it is, especially with the come of of Kindle. We think um, a lot of times authors, uh, readers think authors are like pen machines. Like when the book come out mm-hmm. and we read it and we done, it's like, okay, where the next one? Well, I don't understand why it takes so long for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> As a writer, y'all should know now, it's a lot. It is. And I'm and it I'm a, a parent. I have a, still have a full time job. You know, I have other things going on in my life that I cannot just focus just on writing. You know, praying, 
the Lord's Will 2021, I'll just be a full-time author and hopefully publisher, but we'll see. But right now, I have other stuff to do. I can't just spend every waking moment, you know, writing. And then sometimes, too, sometimes you don't feel like writing. Sometimes you get mm-hmm. the story gets cold, or sometimes you have to just um, take some time back and and meditate to finish out the story because I didn't have some great ideas to begin with, but I can get midway or 17 chapters in, and I'm like, okay, uh, okay. So sometimes <laughs> things get a little cold, so it's a process. It is. And since Misha and I have been doing the our, our radio show, you know, we have come to appreciate an author's pen because we see firsthand, up close and personal, what it is to get a great book out, you know. And it doesn't just happen overnight. It takes a lot to put a good book into the reader's hands. And I'm not I'm, – I'm, I am so, like, meticulous about my, my book. Mm-hmm. Even when I have deadlines, I hate to miss a deadline. But when I tell you when I'm not feeling something, I, I, I'm I'm not like even falling for a Houston hustler that went into this this box set that we just did. When I tell you I was so late turning into my book, turning my book in, oh, it was late, and I was like, I'm not never late. I'm usually on time, but. I just couldn't get the right storyline, and I kept praying for it. I was like, Jesus, help me, because I need to get this story done. And I started the story, got halfway through it, and it was garbage. I said, no, I'm not doing it. I can't do this to my readers. I can't do this to my fans. Like, Lord, just give me something. Give me something. And then when I finally got that storyline, I was literally typing like a maniac night and day, night and day, because I was already close to missing my deadline anyway. And I went like a almost two weeks past my deadline. Literally, my I got my book finished editing like maybe a day and a half before it was supposed to, the book was supposed to be re- released, the box set before it came out. It's like I was at that, that, that real <laughs> end of the road, but mm-hmm. it was a better product. And I was like, I'm glad that it went the way it did. It was a lot, it was stressful, but I, I produced a better product for readers because I don't want to, I don't want to screw my readers. They're my fans. They follow me. Right. They have to mm-hmm. be able to say, okay, I enjoyed that. Or even if you didn't thoroughly enjoy it, some parts about the book I know you liked. Right. <laughs> and I not think. like that person that didn't like anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, been there. And I, it, don't, it don't even hurt no more. I just like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we so appreciate you coming and kicking with us here in the chat room. Um, we always like to do something a little fun with our guests. We're not gonna we're not gonna get you like we get everybody all the time. We're gonna give oh, you a it's your first time. We're gonna remember that. But next time, I'm just saying, come ready. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so T is gonna have a fun question for you. Go ahead, T. No problem. Anna, thank you so much once again for coming and kicking it with Alicia and I. You know, um, with Valentine's Day coming up, you know, that is like the day of candy giving, a day of love, a day day of of just feeling good. So with that in mind, if you were a piece of candy 
and I don't know if you want to choose chocolate in particular, what piece of candy would you be and why? I would be a forever roche. <laughs> oh. Girl, good. that forever roche will make you for every side. Girl, and they only so give you good. three in that pack. <laughs> Girl, and I have it forever roche. If you ain't never had one, y'all better you go try it one. You can tell you listen, let me tell y'all. See, okay, y'all, listen. All y'all listening, when y'all want to know how readers sound when we give her word of mouth, the way she is talking about this candy right now, I'm like, is it too late to go to the store? Because <laughs> it's, it's a layer of nuts, chocolate, wafers, and a, 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 a delicious center. I mean, my God. <laughs> and Sierra, and you only get three in a pack, right? <laughs> and you want unless you go and splurge and get you the one, the little dozen. But tell girl <laughs> that forever Roche. That's what I would That's be. That's a good one. That's a good one, Anna. I like that one. Now I gotta go tomorrow. I'll be at Rite Aid getting some chocolate candy. <laughs> Oh, that was easy. Well, I thought y'all was gonna ask me something like real personal or bizarre. Whew. Oh, 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 okay. oh, oh, we got that now. We got that. Not today now. though, so right? We gonna have Not a little today. fun with you since you're ready. We gonna have a little fun with you. You ready? <laughs> All right. So we always like to have a little extra fun with our guests. We like to be able to allow our listeners to experience uh, their passion and experience their creative process. So T is going to give you two props. We want you to take those two props and you're going to put them in a live excerpt. You can take it however direction you want to take it. You can take a scene out of your book and just apply the props to that scene. You can create a new scene. You can do it in first person and, and play the character however you want to do it. Um, it's up to you. And we know that you mentally have snacks. So I know you always have snacks on deck in your head. So I'm ready. Go ahead, T. <laughs> All right. So your two props for your improv two um, synopsis. The first one is some red thigh high boots, and the second one is a straight jacket. Whoa! Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> wait. <laughs> now wait a minute. So wait, <laughs> am I? Whoa, I'm. Am I creating something with these yep. boots and a straight jacket? Yes, ma'am. You're creating a scene, a live excerpt with the boots and the straight jacket. However you want to swing it, whatever genre you want it to be. I'm gonna go with erotica then. Hell, hey, hey. We our motto is if it's gonna be nasty, let it be nasty. If not, please send them to Starbucks for coffee and conversation. Okay, let's see. I'm gonna make this real short. It's gonna be like a maybe a three sentence. After a hard day of work, he comes home. Wife told him he she wanted to try something new. He walks in. She's on the couch, but as naked, but some sexy-ass boots. She takes him to the room, and he's looking around, 
candles, soft music, everything is nice. But she pulls out a whip and a straitjacket, and he's looking. He's confused. He's baffled. A straitjacket, babe, what are we going to do with that? Turn around. Let me put this on you and just let me show you. That's it. That's all. <laughs> see, see, you teasing us because I know, I know for a fact, <laughs> you got snacks in your brain. <laughs> Y'all put me on the spot. I, I, that's that what normally, I can come up honestly, with. That's normally what we do. That's normally our, our last <laughs> part of our show. We've been doing that for about a year, maybe two. Um, well, y'all didn't we, make we the doctor do it. <laughs> well, she's a pastor. We didn't, she could have came make, up with something. Pastors get it we in. Didn't make, we didn't make Cabela, uh Lawson Roby do it either. We, we don't, oh, we my goodness. <laughs> I came not wait to meet you guys again this weekend. We this knew. is so you crazy. Us and I was like, listen, what she got? And she gave you some... <laughs> Now, she always ticks the props. Listen, and some of her props, I'm like, T, where you get that from? <laughs> that was a good one. Girl, yeah, boots and a damn straight jacket. Man, we I have had some things done with some tasers. We had an actress come on here, uh, Martinet France, let me tell you. She did a, she created a whole scene. I was like, what, what show was that from? <laughs> it was... <laughs> Blacktop came on here, turned everybody out with a taser. I mean, we have had some great, great, great um, snacks provided for us. And so that's that's what we do. So next time you come on, you'll know. Next time I'll be a lot snack. more prepared. I'm going I'm to write down some kinky shit. So just in case y'all hit me with something, I think I'm going to be ready. I'll be ready because I was not ready. I was not ready. But you know what? You know what? The props that we give, you can put them in any type of genre or any type of scene, and and that's the beauty of it. You know, you can even put it into a western. You can put it into a mystery. You can put it into a murder scene. You can put it into so many things that it's up to the author to use their imagination, which is what we enjoy. Yeah, because I could have had a psycho chick that didn't want to take them boots off. <laughs> uh-huh. See, doesn't matter. But they, they like strapped her down and, and put her in that straight jacket. <laughs> right, you're right. I get it. I get it now. I'm I'm gonna be a lot more prepared the next time, and I would love to definitely come back on the show sometime in March because now you want to come back is relaunching, and I want to make some noise with this book coming out. This is my baby, y'all. Y'all don't understand. It's like this was the the dream of a young author, like. I wanted this book in in bookstores and all that stuff when I came mm-hmm. out in 08. That didn't happen. And now that I have the opportunity to relaunch this book and it's going to be sold in bookstores nationwide and things like that, I'm, like, over the top excited. So now, so now you're like, listen, I got all these stores that got my books. Now I need y'all to go on in there and go and get them books now. Right. Now, now I have excuses. People say, well, I don't do Kindle. Check your local Walmart, sis. Check your local Barnes and Noble, sis. So I'm just, like, extremely excited. It comes out again March 31st, 
and the Audible book will be out also March 31st. It'll be in stores near everybody. So I really want to make some noise with that. So if y'all can have me back in March, I will so appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will send you some dates, mm-hmm. and I love that you do audio books because uh, that's my new thing because I, I get so busy sometimes. And that's the only uh, way I can get my reading in too. Yeah, really, I listen to books now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like it even like with um uh Alexa, you can read a Kindle. Yeah, uh, a Kindle right. can be read to you. I like that version because I like to be able to experience the author's pen. And the way that they structure their words, the way that they weave them, it really comes out in that Kindle version when you're reading it. Uh, when it, Kindle is reading it back to you, and so well, I'm I telling y'all now, if y'all have not read, well, listen to the the Kindle version of Alexandra House. Let me love you. That's mm-hmm. how I fell in love. That, I guess that was her first book, or first book on it. That book, when I tell you, hands down, that was my favorite. But if y'all listen to Alexandra House, Let Me Love You. Whew, ooh, child. That book is really? really good. That's what really made me a fan of hers. And the, the, the narrators do, do such an amazing job to, like, you know, it's like when you when you uh, admire another author for what they do and their gifts, I admire mm-hmm. her, and I'm glad she chose who she chose. Because if you go on there, like, that book has over, like, a thousand-some reviews. And when I say it's a showstopper, I mean five stars. So that was the first book that I tried from her. So if you like listening to Audible books, I think she uses those narrators a lot. And I'm not trying to boast her over me because I all of my books are on Audible too, and my books are just as good. But but that's um, okay they, though. You know, you got to be able to support um, this the creativity. And I could tell. I mm-hmm. love to hear you talk about the things that you enjoy and the books that you enjoy because not only does it make me as a reader want to read your books, now I'm listening to the books that, you know, you have read because it's like you you vibe mm-hmm. with the author when when you read in their books. You get to vibe with their pen. You get to be able to experience their passion through their pen. When we have started less chat, we gave readers the uh, and listeners the ability to vibe in with that author and experience their passion through their their words and interaction. And so now being able to interact with you and vibe with your pen, I'm like, oh, anything she say read is gonna be good. She's not gonna tell me. She's not gonna put it out there if it's not good. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I can tell because mm-hmm. you know that candy. Uh huh. Uh, I'm be in the store tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm be in the store. I'm gonna be in the store tomorrow. <laughs> but I love it. I love to hear the passion behind the the things that you enjoy to read, as well as the thing your creative process and the things you enjoy creating for us as readers. That's all part of your packaging, and so I appreciate it. I appreciate the recommendations in the, as far as the readership because the best part about authors are the ones that read a lot because you got to be able to take a reader's readership to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Right. I always say reading is like walking into Baskin and Robbins. It's 31 flavors. You don't know what you like until you get the little pink spoon 
and say, oh, that looked good, let me taste that. What's this one taste like? So you don't know what you like. So as a reader, walking into Baskin and Robbins is being able to come in contact with other readers that allow you we, to taste an author's and you're, you're absolutely right, and it's like word of mouth is everything. So what you ladies are doing is awesome because sometimes, like, you have a ton of people It's like, I never heard of Anna Black. I never heard of Anna Black. And now, you know, go try something from Anna Black. So it helps when you're spreading the news. It's like we're not multimillionaires and we don't have all this this. Uh, we don't have all these commercials and things like that. And I honestly can say I, I honestly hate that there's no big shows like the Grammys or the the Oscars or things like that to celebrate writers because we do our thing. You know, we, uh-huh. we don't get no coverage like that, you know, with books. And I wish there was a platform besides the, you know, the authors that, like even with Tamika Newhouse, even though things didn't work out with the with us being partners as far as the business and books, but like with her doing the AANBC Awards, I can give her credit for that because that's given authors some type of platform to be recognized. So as an author, any way to let the world know who we are and what we do and to try us, any platform, any with your um, – your your uh, your podcast online and things like that is a help. It helps. It's a, a a magical tool to help us get some type of recognition. And to even if I gain five readers tonight or one, it's still one more than I already had. Absolutely. And I just being in the industry and and learning things about the literary industry, there are there are other awards ceremonies. But it's like sections off. When you think about in, independent authors and independent publishers, there's not. But then they do have like the uh, the romance award that that they have that. But everything is really like separate. Like you said, we're not going to really see everybody in one room. Right. From right. all types mm-hmm. of genres, you might. You know, they got the NAACP, they give awards to, to writers and uh, all the time, and they have their segment for that and their parts for that. Um, but I would love to be it's able to It's not see. based on just authors across the board, regardless of right. what genre you write. So, like, when you have, like, the Oscars and things like that, they're doing all different types of genres, you know, or um, it's just even when you have, like, the the – the American Music Awards, they're doing across the board when they recognize every genre. So yeah. that's what that's what we need as authors. Like we all, we're dressed up and we coming out to celebrate each other. And not just authors, it's everything that it takes to get a book out, you know. There's so many layers to getting a good book out. Oh, yeah, the illustrator, you know, the, the, the covers, the right. editing, Typesetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Mhm. And that dope. is just to be able to celebrate literature in in that way um, is a great thing. And I I agree. I'm glad that Tamika created the AANBC Awards and that we have the um, National Book Club 
event because we're la- we're allowed to be able to have that that experience to experience uh, different authors in one spot. But I wish we could we could like just have like a Grammy moment, you know, nothing but books from everywhere, China, India, wherever, um, just, right. just mm-hmm. celebrating books. They do have that like they have that big book fair in um, is it Dubai? Mm-hmm. I think it's Dubai. They have that big book fair in Dubai, but I, like one where everybody's in one room. I think that would be completely dope. Yeah, that that would be. That definitely would be. It would. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we so well, Anna, it has been so much fun with. talking to you tonight. <laughs> I have I had a ball here too. I know I like. Oh my god! Like just took over, <laughs> but y'all had some good questions. So <laughs> I enjoyed so myself. Well, Mark, sitting down talking. Right, and March is going down. See, today we weren't really prepared because prepared, today was spotlight. Um, like today, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow and um, Thursday we have spotlight. So we got like seven people in, in one night. So everything is like quick, 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 quick. But when we can sit down and get to the meat and potatoes of your, your craft and talk about uh, your pen in a more detailed manner. We gonna have a good old time. Just bring your fuzzy slippers. Put your feet on up. Get your red cup. We don't discriminate. Whatever you wanna have in it, we gonna have fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Anna, thanks again. You know for joining us tonight, and um, you have a good rest of your evening. All right, and I will see you ladies this weekend. I fly in on Thursday. But I think Are you coming I land. To the next year? I'm, I'm sorry? sorry. Are you coming to the yeah, next Friday? Yes, I am. I, I'll be there Thursday night. I should get in around nine ish Friday night. So Friday I'll be there all day. So I'm coming to the mixer. I'm gonna be there. Let me tell you, the food is everything but that band. When the band gets to playing at eight, oh my goodness. The whole atmosphere, the whole atmosphere, because I wanted something that was a little different, and I, I don't, I'm not a clubber. You know, I might go to a club, I might go to a bar once in the blue moon, but I, I don't drop it like it's hot no more. And so no, I wanted. I'm, a, I'm a, almost 48. I don't do all that stuff no more. My knees ain't gonna let me. <laughs> so I wanted like a, a like a grown and and sexy, fun experience, and so um, I'm. I met a lady last year. I went to her event called Hee Hee, uh, and she introduced me to um, someone that connect. That was the she actually introduced me to the manager there, and it was just an awesome just experience when I went. I had chicken and waffles, y'all. Let me tell y'all, I felt so rude because it was kind of like a business dinner. But you know when food be good, mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's you gotta good, enjoy it. Really listening, you like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It, it, it was just good, and then the music came on. I was like, wow, this is be so. This is gonna be. We gonna have so much fun, y'all. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us, Anna. We appreciate you. Alrighty, guys, y'all have a great night, and I will see y'all this weekend. Thank you for having me. 
You're very welcome. Well, thank you for coming, and we'll see you this weekend. Have a good night. Good night. Good night. That was good, Lee. I enjoyed talking to her. Yes, we're going to have so much fun. We're going to have so much fun when she come back on. We're going to have fun. We're going to be able to talk that talk. So Ebony had an emergency, and we were supposed to have mm-hmm. the fabulous Ebony Abbey on. We always have a good time with Miss K.S. Oliver is in the building. Um, but she had an emergency. So, But we have um, TSA. Everybody is going to be TSA approved on Saturday. So don't worry if you don't catch the interviews today. If you um, catch us tomorrow, we have... Fabulous authors, we're going to have Souls of Atlanta, which is the media portion for the Vision of Books. We're going to have um, Ivy Lee, um, Larry Smith, Mika Michelle, Kia Brown. Like, tomorrow is going to be lit. Tomorrow is going to be lit. I'm excited. And then Thursday, we're going to wrap it up with the rest of the authors. We're going to have Piper Hughley, Nicola Mitchell, um, Kim Carter, uh, Cash, Sean Sinclair. So I'm excited. But don't worry. Make sure y'all come out to Vision and Books this Saturday. It's going to be here in Atlanta at the Renaissance Hotel uh, by the Atlanta Airport between uh, 4 and 8 p.m. We're going to have a good time around 6. Uh, we are going to have the author's going to be able to speak. We actually have a fitness instructor coming out, so she's going to give a, a mini um, presentation. I don't know if she's going to do soca or she's going to do um, Zumba, but I'm just excited because we have so many different elements that are going to be there. And mm-hmm. I want you guys to come out and enjoy that with us. Uh, if you can't come out, come out on Friday at uh, Sweet George's Juke Joint. Come out and hang out with us. You can still bring your school supplies. And everybody said why school supplies. And before we check out, I want to just touch on that real quick. You know, as a parent, we get that packet. I don't know if everybody is a parent that's listening, but if you're not, we get a packet right before school start, right after school start. That's that packet that they bring home. Depending on what district you in, the packet can be two hundred, or the packet could be five hundred. It depends. So when the packet comes and you have more than one child, that's a stressful experience. It's really it, it gets really stressful um, because they they want so much. And depending on the type of school you're going to, they want money for this, they need a check for this, they need this, they need that. And so when it comes down to school supplies, I think for parents, especially have multiple kids, and there's a lot of single parents, I I just wanted to be able to relieve that stress. And I was going to do a book bag drive, and I was like... Everybody does a book bag drive. There's there's like 50 million book bag drives every year, and that list don't get no shorter. I don't know. Y'all know what I'm talking about, that list they give y'all. Y'all know that list ain't short. It get longer and longer and longer every year. And I say, okay, well, what can we do? And so what I did was I reached out to someone I knew here in Georgia, and I told her what I wanted to do, and she connected me with um, – some teachers, and I picked um, the teacher that we have. We are blessed in her classroom, a second-grade classroom at Staten Elementary in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, 
And a lot of parents don't know that list, that package you get, that's a re-up offer, y'all. Yes. Mm-hmm. I said the same thing. That is a re-up offer. This is what the teacher needs you to supply year-round. So it's not just at the beginning of the school year. You, we got to do that at the beginning of the school year, then in December, January, when they come back and right before school wraps up, because this is what teacher needs throughout the year to stay in the class. And so I, I said we're going to bless the teacher. So we're blessing her classroom. Uh, I want to shout out all of the – I reached out to a lot of kids' authors. And let me tell you all, I got boxes in my car for their student library in their class, for their classroom library. Um, they are sending in books. I appreciate everybody. We're doing a reader raffle. Um, we have books for readers just be able to take their, their reading uh, or their readership to a different level. I want to be able to always be able to have that experience, the 31 flavors type of experience for authors. I want to shout out uh, Terry Woods. Terry Woods actually uh, blessed the whole classroom with her kids' book. So each kid has is going to have their own book that they can take home. Uh, and be able to have uh, with them at home, and she gave one for the classroom, so I really appreciate her for that. Ivy Lee sent us a case of children's books. Um, SK Har- uh, SF Hardy sent us uh, her books. I mean, Hood Chronicles sent books for the raffle. I'm just really, really appreciative of you guys. I thank you all so very much for supporting my vision and, and being able to to take it um, to to just another level, and I appreciate you guys for that. Um, Dr. Sylvia is going to donate. They're donating three of her books, so I'm excited, y'all. I'm excited. Make sure y'all come on out, come and come and just celebrate literature with us and experience. Everything we have to offer here in Atlanta is going to be a popping weekend. Bonner Brothers is going to be here. Uh, there's like three or four large events here uh, this weekend in Atlanta. So Atlanta is definitely going to be popping. I appreciate you guys. And we will see you all on tomorrow when TSA is going to be in the building. Uh, again, Saturday, everybody is going to be TSA approved, so they're going to get short interviews um, with Brittany and the fabulous G.D. De Niro. And so we will see y'all on tomorrow. You got anything you want to add, Steve? I just want to add, you know, Leash has um, published a list of the things that the classroom needs. It's on her page, and it's copied on mine as well. You know, if you want to donate, you're not able to make it at all this weekend. Um, those Those items are listed on Leash's page as well as mine. So if you can... Just hop on over there and see what you can donate. It would be much appreciated. Absolutely, absolutely. And we thank y'all, and we will see y'all on tomorrow. Have a good night. My screen froze. T, can you take us out? Okay, hold on one second. Anything you want to hear? You know, we always love hearing Upbeat. Uh, Georgia Clay. Up. Upbeat. Mhm. Okay. Hold on. I don't see a beat leash.
No, no, anything upbeat. You can do Georgia Classic. Oh, I thought you said upbeat. (laughs) You can do Get Back Up. Okay, let's do that. Good night, everybody. Good night.